Welcome to the Transform Your Mind Radio Hour and Podcast, a show about transformation, mindset transformation. This is Life Coach Marnie Young, and in my book, Out of the Snares, A Story of Hope and Encouragement, I share my journey of being born in poverty in Guyana to have an abundance in America. And I did it by changing my mindset. Let's go do it. Each week, I bring you guests or one-on-one coaching sessions to help you change your mindset and transform your life. Welcome back to the Transform Your Mind to Transform Your Life radio, podcast, and television show. I'm your host, Life Coach Marina Young. And sitting in the guest chair today is Ashley Bernardi. Ashley is the author of Authentic Power, and I have my own copy today. (laughs) So thank you, Audrey, for sending me um, a copy of your book so I can pre-read and understand your journey a little bit more. Um, So welcome, Audrey. I mean, Ashley. Yeah, no, that's okay. I was going to say it's Ashley, but very, very similar to Audrey. (laughs) I know, right? Yeah, sorry. So welcome. All right. So, um, all right. So let me give you guys a little bit more information on Ashley. Um, She is an accomplished publicist, journalist, award-winning podcaster, and speaker. And Ashley opens up about losing her dad as an 11-year-old and trying to save his life alongside her mother and sister as he suffered from a sudden death heart attack. She ignored the trauma, grief, and guilt from the horrifying experience for years after being told she was so strong in trying to save her dad's life and attempting to move on. In her 30s, she suffered from a debilitating misery illness that left her bedridden and unable to care for her three children. It was then in a state of disrepair and hopelessness that she began to feel the pain and mess that she had been ignoring, her illness, grief, and trauma, and found the true healing and growth that she had been searching for her entire life. For years, she had pushed trauma aside to maintain a mass of strength for others. Yet her feelings came out in other ways, in people-pleasing, alcohol use, in a destructive in destructive relationships, and eventually uh, making the devastating effects of her mystery illness even worse. Authentic power teaches us that our darkest hours are disguised as an opportunity to uncover and process, feel, heal, and grow from our mess. Now, like I said, um, I'm reading your book. I haven't completely finished it. Um, but, you know, you sharing, you know, um, about your dad and, you know, you, you kissing him goodnight and, and then, you know, um, that and, you know, having to call the ambulance and things like that. That was, you know, and then feeling guilty that, you know, maybe you didn't call sooner. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, you know, tragedy is, is something that um, we hold closely, especially um, when um, it's someone that we loved. And, and, um, and then, you know, when I read about you being strong and, and being successful and um, all of a sudden 
getting sick. Wow. You know, it kind of scared you a little bit because you never know. You know, there's one of my favorite sayings that is in the Bible that, you know, fish doesn't know when it's going to be caught in the net. And you don't know when tragedy or something sudden will happen. It it brought me right back there. So, you know, I'm telling your story a little bit for you, but um, tell tell us um, in your own words how dealing with, you know, for our listeners that haven't read your book, how um, your own story of dealing with the trauma and how it led you to where you are today and the work that you're doing. That, thank you, Myrna. That, that, that's a great question. I love starting with that. And thank you so much for having me. Um, my, my road to healing and dealing with trauma has been such a long journey. <laughs> and I'm just going to say my hope for any listeners is that the reason I wrote this book is so that your journey isn't as long as mine. Because after my trauma of um, my dad did die in front of me and my mom and my sister, it was horrific. Um, the, the, the picture of it will be forever ingrained in my brain and in my family's brain. Um, but what I did was because it was so horrific, I just pushed it down, pushed it down. I didn't want to deal with it. I didn't want to deal with the grief with the surely PTSD with the trauma. Um, and instead, um, you know, my dad was an army colonel and I was, strong. I was always told that, oh, you were so strong for trying to save your dad's life. We are strong. You know, we're, we come from a long line of soldiers. We're so strong. Um, and so I thought that that was the mask that I had to wear. And it, I buried every single messy and uncomfortable feeling. I felt like it wasn't safe to feel them. And therefore it looked like on the outside, everything was okay. I, you know, even people when I, when I, you know, they read my book now, they're like, wow, you were such a joyful, happy kid. I had no idea. And, you know, I, I say, like, I was an Oscar-worthy actress in burying my true, my, my, my trauma, my messy, my true feelings of, that were calling out and dying to be processed. Um, but it came at a, a detriment to my health and well-being. I mean, by burying, and we all, I'm sure any, any listener can relate, when we bury these messy, uncomfortable feelings, it comes out in other ways. It comes out in people-pleasing and lack of boundaries. For me, it came out in work addiction and alcohol addiction and horribly destructive relationships. I was being dishonest with myself. I was being dishonest with others. And I felt like that was all okay because I just kept batting away my messy feelings and acting like everything was fine on the outside. Um, you know, like if, if you looked at me in high school and college, I was pretty accomplished. I was secretary of my class in high school. I was president of my sorority and editor of the newspaper, right? So I looked very accomplished on paper, but it, you know, they always say like, check on your extroverted friends and the ones that are always smiling, right? That was me. That was the one that was really suffering. And it wasn't until a health trauma in my mid thirties hit me over the head. And it was almost like, this is truly what I felt like had happened was that I had spent 20 plus years burying uh, acting essentially just acting and putting on this mask of strength. My body could no longer handle any more, more bearing of what these feelings were being called to be addressed. And so I, w I was diagnosed with Lyme disease, which forever was this mystery illness that nobody could figure out. I was so horribly physically ill. And on top of that, had been diagnosed with postpartum depression after the birth of my third child, um, that I was 
forced. I had no choice but to sit still and surrender to the pain, the physical pain, but also the mental, uh, uh, mental, emotional, and spiritual pain that I had been bearing since I was 11 years old. But that's where the healing happened. That's where that little, little sliver of light and all of that pain, I felt it, I saw it, I held on to it, and then I actually taught myself how to move through and process all of this trauma. And here I am today. That's what my book is all about. Authentic power. Give yourself permission to feel. And I say authentic power because that really starts with accessing the wisdom within by getting still, turning off all the noise around us and, and finding your own authentic voice of what it is that, that your body and mind and spirit are calling you to process. And so that's where, that's really, really where the story begins. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Is something preventing you from achieving your goals? Are you aware of what is interfering with your happiness? Speaking with a therapist gives you clarity on what's keeping you from success. Head over to betterhelp.com backslash transform your mind. BetterHelp will access your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. This is a safe and private online environment and it's so convenient. You can start speaking with your therapist within 48 hours and anything you share is confidential. BetterHelp offers licensed professional counselors who are specialized in depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, sleeping disorders, trauma, anger, family conflicts, LGBT, grief, and self-esteem issues. The service is available for clients worldwide and is affordable. Listen, I want you to start living a happier life today. As a listener, you will get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com backslash transform your mind. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp.com backslash transform your mind. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com backslash transform your mind. Yeah, that, that's an amazing story. Yes, um, you're right. When you said that you hope that everybody goes through the long journey as you. But yeah, uh, that you talked about holding on to your, your pain and then it coming out in disease. And then you had depression and people pleasing and things like that. So you know, you, you got healed from the Lyme disease and, um, and, um, uh, you started meditating and, and, yeah. and being still and, um, and, and finding the power inside of you. But, you know, so authentic power, because of course I didn't finish your book. I'm like just halfway. So tell us why, um, authentic power, once you start to feel, mm-hmm. um, uh, and, and, and acknowledge your feelings, Right. And maybe speak about it because that's a lot of times we have to, we have to speak about it and let it out or, you know, feel the feelings and sit with them. Um, how does that transform to power? Oh, that's such a great question. So this really goes into, and this is probably relatable to anyone who, um, even the simple question, how are you? How are you, Myrna? Today, really, how are you? We always say we're fine, right? Usually, that's not the truth, right? In that moment, it's like, well, I've got a lot of things going on. We're not, and, and you talked about um, 
you talked about verbalizing it. So like, I, I also, I think like in society, society teaches us to kind of mask this anyway, right? We have social media, Instagram worthy life, all the great pictures of the family. Um, there's just a lack of truth and vulnerability. And I found that in my own life, I was lacking that truthfulness to myself and I was lacking being vulnerable with myself. And so when I got truthful and vulnerable in myself, therein lies my authenticity, which is so powerful. That's where, and like that power is that change and that you can actually create by going within and listening to that inner voice. And you mentioned all the, a couple of healing modalities that I use to access that authentic power meditation. Truly it's getting quiet and getting still. Um, breath work for me has been so healing yoga. And then also, um, I, during my healing process discovered some something called the, what I call the feel framework, which is a technique for me to really go into those messy and uncomfortable emotions, process them in real time. And, and sometimes like if they can't be in real time later, but like knowing that like, okay, this is a feeling I'm going to have to move through at some point this today, this week, this month. And that feel framework allowing me to move through those emotions and therefore kind of clearing the space again for me to access my authentic power, which is really that, that change and that spark that we can create within to honor our truth and vulnerability. Okay. So that, that's good. Yes. Um, so yeah, when you be, when you become, when you, when you are able to feel, then yes, you become vulnerable. Um, the people around you, because a lot of times when you put up the block, you know, yeah. I like the fact that you talked about, you know, women are so strong and um, I mean, we feel that we should be so strong because it's a yeah. badge that we wear, right? Yes. I'm hearing it. We love hearing, oh, you're so strong. Oh, my gosh. Nobody wants to be vulnerable, right? They want to be the superwoman, you know, and, and women usually are, you know, looking after the kids. They're working. They're doing this. They're doing that. And when somebody says, oh, you're so strong, you're like a superwoman. They're like proud. <laughs> well, yes. yes. It's so, I'm so glad you mentioned that. It's, you know, it's so funny is uh, my original title for authentic power was not so strong because I really felt not strong despite wearing that mask of strength for so long. Um, and that's something that I see we do in society. And, 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 and I did that before my health crisis. I wanted to look like superwoman. I was the one that was pureeing the baby food and making sure my husband had dinner on the table every night and people pleasing everyone around me except myself. And it's because I, I was so busy pleasing the world, making sure that I was well-liked. Everybody thought uh, Ashley was amazing. It was like I had to validate my self-worth to the world, which is inaccurate. Like that completely got broken down when I had my own self, my own health crisis. I had to I had to look at my own self-worth and value my self-worth, not what other people thought of me. And that's what really stopped me in my tracks. So now I don't try to be superwoman at all. You know what I do? I get a lot of help and I put boundaries in place saying, hey, dinner on the table is not happening tonight. Or, hey, husband, I need you to go do this today. Or, hey, this, this isn't going to get done. This project's not going to get done at work. I'm so much more realistic and boundaried with, um, with what I'm putting out in the world because it's at my own cost of livelihood and my self-worth. I am worthy. I see my worth now. 
prior to health crisis, I did not. And I feel like a lot of people, because they're like, oh, I'm superwoman. I'm su-, like, we try to be superwoman. I, I, I say, take a, take a close look at your own self-worth. Are you, are you superwoman because you want other people to think you are? Or are you being superwoman because you really want to? I don't know. There's just a, I think that's a question we have to ask themselves. When I did, I don't want to be superwoman. I don't even try anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Awesome. Now, there's a question I want to circle back to, but I don't want to lose it. Now, um, because I've read your book, I know that you felt a lot of guilt because on your father's death, because yeah. you um, felt that there's something that you could have done. Yeah. So what was it that you, you stuffed down for, you know, 20 years or so? Was it guilt? What was it that you stuffed down that, 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 that manifested into an illness? That's a great question. So the a hundred percent guilt, so guilt, and then a couple other things I'll start with guilt, but you know, when I, when, when he was actively having a heart attack, I didn't run to go by his side to give CPR. My mom and sister did. I ran to go call 911 and go get the neighbors. So for so long, I was like, what if I had gone and given him CPR to help my mom and sister? What if I had been the one to do that? What if my sister, Alex had been the one she was younger. What if she, so there's so many what ifs as a child that I, um, I went through. So I, I buried that guilt within me very, very, um, deeply, but then also the grief, I buried the grief. And let me give you an example of what I did. So before, um, before my health crisis, which, you know, really is, was my greatest awakening. I see Lyme disease as my greatest gift and I'm so grateful for it. Um, I did never visited my father's grave. He like, like maybe once or twice with my mom or sister. That's how much I did not want to deal with facing his death. I did not allow myself to grieve. Um, sure. There were some times where like I cried, but in the early days of grief, it was just straight up shock. I mean, he died very suddenly. It wasn't a slow death. It was one day he's there the next day he's not. Um, so I just, grief was a very uncomfortable feeling for me and very, very scary because I didn't want to face the fact that my dad was gone. And even afterwards, you know, middle school, high school, I would have friends come over. I wouldn't even tell them that my dad had died. They wow. like, they didn't know. They didn't know my dad had died. They had to ask what? other people like, where's Ashley's dad? Oh um, yeah. We heard he passed away. I didn't tell people that. Wow. So so, yeah. so that's what bearing grief looks like. But I can say now, here I am 27 years later, and thus just this year. So my dad died when I was 11. I'm now 38 years old. Just this year, because of all the healing work that I've done, I visited his grave by myself for the first time ever this year. And I'm so proud of myself because it was, it's just an incredible way to show how far I've come, how mm-hmm. long this journey has been and yeah. how much processing of grief I actually had to do. It took me that many years <laughs> to wow. visit my father's grave by myself. And when I did, it was so beautiful. And I found that it is possible to have a relationship with your loved ones, even in death. And, um, that's something that's very important. I should, I want to stress too, is that I thought that once my father was dead, it was gone, but I talked to him. I prayed for him. I visited him. I cried with him at his gravesite. That alone was so healing for me. And that's something that I, I, I would love for your listeners to take away too, is to just understand that like, it is possible to have relationships with your loved one, even in death. And grief is a natural process of life that is meant for us to move through. 
Yeah, yeah. Aren't you tired of fantasizing about that car you could drive, that house you could be living in, or that business that you could start? Make your dreams a reality today by getting back on track. Because Back on Track has experience in removing everything. Their services are more affordable than ever. And as a bonus, they will also offer you their credit building guide that can boost your credit score over 100 points. That will make you get approvals instead of denials on every application. What would you do with more than 100 extra points on your credit score? To get the credit score that you deserve and the keys to that home, to that car that you've always dreamed of, for more information, visit www.ficorush.com or give them a call at 404-694-6569. You have to get back on track. At the ivyleague.com, we offer our clients empowerment through literature. Ideally, we would all have personal mentors in key areas of our lives. For most though, this isn't the case. Thus, we turn to the knowledge of others to empower us. The Ivy League specializes in compiling and delivering knowledge to the public through literature. We aim to make sure that our books are impactful, but also simple to read at all reading levels. Check out books like The Credit Bible, Power Mindset Mastery, Creating Generational Wealth, and much more. The Ivy League is a black student-owned business. All support is greatly appreciated. Head over to www.theivyleague.com for empowerment through literature. The website again is www.theivyleague.com. AfricanAbroadDate.com, where Africans meet. Are you living away from home and would love to meet someone from your country and culture? Living away from home can be both lonesome and stressful, especially when we leave family behind. African Abroad Date was founded with Africans' diaspora in mind, and our mission is to make finding love easy, fast, and convenient for all. If you can relate to this and happen to be single, searching, and residing in the U.S., join AfricanAbroadDate.com to connect, meet, and meet African men and women from around the world. Don't delay. Did I mention it's free? That website again is AfricanAbroadDate.com, A-F-R-I-C-A-N-A-B-R-O-A-D-D-A-T-E, you know, um, I'm, I'm reading a book right now that's called Cycle of Lives. It's one of my guests in the show, um, you know, wrote the book and um, he wrote a book about, um, you know, 15 cancer um, victims. Some survived, some died. Um, and there was a story that I was almost getting confused with you. I had to go back to make sure I'm not switching them out because there was a young girl in, in the you know, um, she ended up being becoming a nurse because her father died of cancer from Hodgkinson disease. So he, he was dying for a long time and she was nursing him and everything. And then she became a nurse. And um, one day she was in the hospital looking after 
um, a, a kid that was because, you know, she went into um, uh, working with children with cancer and, um, and and one of the boys that couldn't verbalize and because he had brain tumor suddenly um, said to her, um, um, George, you know, call her father. Actually, the story was that her father spoke to her through this boy by mm. saying that I see you, you know, it was so powerful. <laughs> you know, it was so powerful. So yes, you can have a relation. I absolutely do believe that, you know, the spirit. And um, look at us. We're talking about your dad now, 27 years later, um, yeah. because the love that we, we have for our loved ones carry ons for eternity. The spirit yeah. never die. It's everlasting. And, and we carry their memory on, you know, through the love. But also, um, you know, I just revisited Ghost again uh, the other day. And, and you, you, can, <laughs> you know the movie Ghost, right? Yeah. yeah you, love love <laughs> you love them and can't speak to you through other people. So yes. anyway, so that was, so that was great. So, so thank you for sharing that. And, um, I know it's, you know, it's difficult for you. We're laughing about it, but it's, you know, it's difficult for you. And, um, you know, anyone that's listening that have been through grief, whether personally a dead of a loved one, um, you know, uh, there is hope that you, you do get through to the other side. And, um, you know, time heals all wounds. That's another, another story. So I'm glad that you were able to properly grieve, visit your dad, talk to him, maybe pull up a chair and have a glass of wine or something. Cause now you're old. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when he died, you couldn't drink or anything like that. So whatever <laughs> you did. So, you know, so that's great. Awesome. All right. So um, one of the questions I have here is um, was it, what does it mean by having authentic power? You talked a minute ago that when we're beginning to feel we become our, our, of our authentic selves and that authentic selves gives us power. But why do we need it? Why do women need authentic power? Because that that's a great question too. Therein lies like our true, our truth, our calling of like, and this could be what you're supposed to be doing in life or what you're supposed to be doing the next minute. But I, a lot of it is also about surrendering to your power because I find that like, uh, for me, I would for I, I would also stuff down my power. So I'll give you an example. My entire mm-hmm. life, I've been told that I'm too sensitive. Oh, Ashley's more sensitive than the average bear. You're too sensitive. You're too sensitive. And I thought that was, you know, that was something that I was like, oh, well, this is a flaw of mine. I feel everything. I'm an empath. I feel other people's feelings. And I, what I learned when I went through my health crisis, when I began to really feel into these emotions was that I said, wow, wait a second. I think my, my sensitivity actually is my superpower. Right. And, and it was when I got like quiet and still and listened to, listened within, listened to that inner wisdom, um, which is our authentic power. That's when I reframed the, my thought about my sensitivities that I've always been told I'm highly sensitive. I always thought it was at a detriment to myself and society, but now I'm, I use that sensitivity as a superpower. I use that sensitivity as when I'm feeling a little bit energetically overwhelmed. I know that I need to go step away and be by myself for a little bit. I know that I need to go recharge. I know that I can pick up on other people's emotions. So, so I are you an introvert? 
I am an extroverted extrovert. So like, I love being alone and I get my energy from being alone, but I love being with people. But at the end of the day, I recharge from being alone. But at the same time, if I'm not with people, (laughs) I also get like really sad. So like the pandemic was really hard for me because I love to have FaceTime with people. You're probably in a different category then. (laughs) Yeah, I'm in a whole different category. But the bottom line is like my, I I uncovered that, wow, part of my authentic power is this, this, this sensitivity, this like some people call it an HSP highly sensitive person where I always thought it was a detriment and it's actually my gift. And so authentic power can also help us access and honor our gifts that maybe society tells us that are, you know, we shouldn't have, we should bury within you. You're, you know, you act this way, you're highly sensitive. Like our, our culture and our world doesn't need that. But what I've found is that I need that. And that is my gift to the world. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so yeah, so authentic power, um, you know, allows you to definitely, you know, access your purpose and access what you were called here to do. And you're right. If you're sensitive or, um, uh, you know, whatever characteristics you have, even if you're strong, you know what I mean? Maybe you need to be strong to be the CEO, you know what I mean? Of, of a major corporation, you know, and, um, uh, you know, not take any crap from anybody. But yeah, if you're sensitive, then that's a different calling that you have. And, and I, you know, I believe that the character forms, um, your personality forms for your purpose. So whatever your purpose is, Right, your person, you're going to have the accompanying personality um, for it. So, yes, having authentic power is so that you can, you know, um, you know, have the power of self power. Yeah, I mean? um, yeah, not necessarily you're getting it from anywhere from from self power. Yeah, you have yes, something it, to say on that. Yes, it really is. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I used to think that. Um, I was going to be validated externally, right? Like talking about self-worth that like that validation was going to come from external beings, resources, maybe a magic pill, magic elixir, whatever it is. Right. But what I found was that that power I already, and we already have the wisdom. We have the wisdom within we like people don't, we, I feel like I didn't know this. And I feel like a lot of maybe listeners, like, you have the wisdom within. You are the expert of your own life. You don't need to turn to another expert, to another TV show, to your, you know, whatever it may be, whoever's marketing to you to try this magic elixir or protein power or green juice. It's all within. It starts by getting quiet and still and listening to that inner voice. That's that, that inner voice is your wisdom. Therefore, it is your authentic power. And there's ways to, to find that and access that. So I, in my book, Authentic Power, I teach that there's something I love called sacred writing. And this is something that I, I in my book, I interviewed 20, over 20 healing experts about how I healed my own life. But one of them was my spiritual mentor, Leanne Taylor. And she wrote the book, The Fragile Face of God, Five, three of her five children have fragile X syndrome, which is a very severe form of autism. And she taught me about sacred writing, which is essentially, and I have a journal. I literally have a notebook on, like I have two on my desk right now, (laughs) but (laughs) sacred writing is just getting still, getting quiet, turning off all the noise and asking like, what is it that I need to know right now? Or what is it? What am I being called to do 
right now and just free write. Don't edit yourself and just write. And then you look at upon it and therein lies your answer. And that's the wisdom within that Mm -hmm. I learned that by me accessing it, I can really get all the answers. Now it doesn't need to be right. Like I'm, you know, I'm a writer. I love to write. So for me, journaling that happens, Mm -hmm. but this can also be done in a quiet meditation and walking through nature. This could be done in prayer too. I mean, often we hear voices in prayer. um, And I know I do too. Sometimes when I just pray and I say, all right, God, what is it that I need to know today about X, Y, Z? And it's like, you get, you hear that voice. That is the inner wisdom that could be from the divine. It could be from your higher self, or Mm -hmm. it could just be from that, that within you, which is what your authentic power is. Yeah. That's awesome. A lot of nice little nuggets there. Yes. Um, you know, I'm a meditator myself. I meditate every morning. Um, you know, I sit in my little meditation cushion and I, and I listen and I get still. And then I, um, I had a guest on the show that talked about commuting with the trees. So when I go to the park and I walk, <laughs> I, um, I commune with the trees. I haven't been able to hear them yet, but I, <laughs> because she can hear them, right? You know, but I haven't been able to hear them yet, but I'm working on it, but I still commune with them and, um, work on my, um, my energy and keeping my energy positive. Because when when your energy is positive, that's how you you bring the things that you want to you, and of course that would help you with as well with your with your authentic power. So yeah, so that's great. So um, we didn't touch on we've got some time. So you didn't touch on how you healed yourself. Yeah, um, maybe we should we should fill in the listeners that um, it's curious about that. You said that um, you have a mentor that helped you do it. So how exactly were you cured from your Lyme disease? And you can also paint the picture because, you know, in your book, you were, you were bedridden. You couldn't do anything for yourself. You were, it, it dropped you on your back. I was literally, I could not. Yeah. So I'll, I'll paint the picture of what it looks like. And then I'm, I will share how I healed. So this is what it looks like. I mean, for anyone who's had Lyme disease, it, it, it can show up in so many different ways. For me, it went undiagnosed for a very long time and actually wasn't diagnosed until after I delivered my baby. So my third baby, but what happened was, um, I believe it was the summer of 2014, I started having symptoms that felt like the flu. I, I, I couldn't get any food down. I was nauseous. Um, but then those symptoms didn't go away and it kept getting worse. I had headaches uh, constantly. I started losing weight. I, lo- I got down to the weight that I was before high school. I mean, it was very dangerously low. Um, nothing, everything was coming out of my body and I seemed to develop a food intolerance to everything. Then I had so many weird symptoms. My, my body would go, my arms and legs would go numb. My face would go numb. I would have muscle vacillation. So it would feel like I had things crawling on my skin at all times. And there's so many doctors. I saw so many doctors. I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue, just a mom with anxiety, just a mom who's depressed. But then when I got pregnant with my third baby, those symptoms mysteriously went away. And I remember my OBGYN saying, you know, pregnancy can do this. It really does just turn off the immune system because it knows you're growing this baby inside, which is like the whole other miracle of, of our bodies. And when I delivered the day that I delivered my third baby, those feelings came, those feelings, those physical. 
Wow. Oh, right back. It was, I mean, my blood tre- pressure dropped in the hospital. I spiked a fever. I, I, I got vertigo. I couldn't see. I was sent home from the hospital with a fever. Um, and wow. this is four days later. And then this, it was just downhill from there. It, it, it spiraled into me being completely bedridden. And when I would, I remember one time, and this is, this was really my turning point in the journey after continuing to see doctor after doctor, nobody could figure it out. Everybody just thought I was, um, a a mom with three kids who just couldn't handle life. Like that was not it at all. I kept trying to tell people something is seriously wrong with me. And I remember one doctor, I, I, um, was getting a checkup and a blood draw and, um, the room started spinning and I started blacking out I lost control of my bowels and just started like urinating. I couldn't, there's nothing that I could do. So they called the ambulance. I was rushed to the hospital. My mom was there. She thought I was going to die that day. My husband came to my bedside. They stabilized me. They truly could not figure out what was wrong with me. And it was at that point, at that point I was sent home. My husband took the children sent them to his parents' house because we didn't want the children to see me in this state. And I just surrendered. I said, all right, God, this is it. Like you either take me now because I don't want my family to suffer anymore, or we're going to heal together. And it was like in that moment where I was like, okay, I felt a calling to heal. And it started by getting still and quiet and taking very, 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 very tiny baby steps of what is it that I actually need right now in that moment. And one of the first things I did was to tell myself that this moment is temporary. This pain is temporary. This, everything in life is temporary, including this pain, including yeah. the suffering. Yeah. And, and I started there and it was the slowest. And I mean, look at me now. I am so healthy. I am so vibrant. Healing was the slowest, most excruciating physical, spiritual, mental, and emotional process I ever went through. But I will say this, The physical healing was only like 20% of the work that I needed to do. The other 80% came down to me and it came down through prayer and manifest. All that stuff, you you stuff down and communication with God, you know? Yes. 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 Yeah. And I was given, so for the physical part, finally was diagnosed with Lyme disease. I was, I was so far off the deep end physically that they couldn't treat me with just antibiotic pills. I had to have a pick line installed to my heart. Um, and I, for eight weeks, I, um, I couldn't lift my baby. So we moved in with my in-laws. I had, I was on the highest dose of antibiotics. It's Rocephin. They treat it for meningitis patients for eight weeks. I had a nurse come to my house. My, my husband would administer the, the antibiotic nightly. The nurse would come once a week and change my dressing. And I mean, it, but that I was not better after eight weeks, the healing took a full year. And this is where I say that Lyme disease is my greatest gift because it allowed me to get still and finally address all these other feelings that I had been bearing since I was 11 years old, the feelings of trauma and grief. And I learned about the power of affirmations and manifestations. And every day I would write, I would write as though I was already healed. I am healed. I would write in my like little book. I am healed. My health is vibrant. I am well, I am healthy. I would affirm it daily. I mean, I found that journal the other day It is a book this thick of me affirming my health and well being every day. And in addition to that, having a spiritual mentor, joining a church community, sharing my pain with others, 
um, being vulnerable and open with how I was feeling because no longer could I wear that mask of strength. I was too sick. So I finally opened up to my friends and loved ones, what was happening to me and what was going on there in life. So many people opening up and helping me. So finding that community. And I talk a lot about connection in my book as well, about the power of connection and healing and, um, I wanted to talk to so many other people who had, who had recovered from Lyme disease. So I did, you know, as a former journalist, I got curious about like, what can I be doing to, to recover? And I said, I want to surround myself with people who have healed. So I did that. I surrounded myself with a church community, with a spiritual community. Um, and it was, it was an incredible process. I, I learned about breath work. I learned about boundaries. I learned about not needing to people please. And here I am now six years later, fully healed, living a vibrant life. And it was when the pandemic happened that I said, Oh my God, I know these feelings of grief and trauma and despair and uncertainty. Um, mm-hmm. I, I felt these before I felt those familiar feelings start to bubble up again. And mm-hmm. I was like, wait a second. No, no, no. I know what to do now. I don't need to bury these feelings. So I went through my entire process again. I would get on my yoga mat and I would process my feelings in real time. I lost a couple of friends during the pandemic and I would cry on my yoga mat and I would do my breath work. I would scream. I would chant. I would do all the things. And then in a very deep meditation, I felt called to write about my journey because I felt like what I had taught myself through my own health crisis I could teach others now as we go through this collective trauma together. And that's how the book was born. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Hey, you are a spiritual person and you connect to God and you know that he always gives us a test so we can have a testimony. So this is your testimony. You're a national radio, you're a worldwide podcast, and you're sharing your story of the different phases of your life. And the different the first phase was your dad dying. The second phase was you almost dying. <laughs> and then the third phase is you being alive and well and sharing your story and giving people hope. You know, I wrote a book too, and the subtitle of it is Hope and Encouragement because mm. everybody needs hope and encouragement. And this is basically what your message is. Yes, you can come through it. And you come through it by taking off the mask, by connecting to having a relationship with your higher power. And you mentioned something there that um, is very powerful. So I want to go back to it. And that's the energy work. That is something that I do on a daily basis. You didn't Mm -hmm. call it energy, but I know that it's energy work. When you're affirming, when you're visualizing, (laughs) you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's energy work. So yeah, it's, um, and it, and it's very and it's very very powerful and and there's also something that um, for writing it down as well, um, you know I was you know I'm a reader you know when I walk um, I walk an hour every day so I read um, every day because I, I have the audio books and then before I go to bed I have to read else I wouldn't go to sleep that's how I you know I that's how I've trained my body so I pick up a whole bunch of things everywhere. And I was reading something recently where they, you know, the, the guy said something that I knew, but you know, a lot of times you have this knowledge, but you don't always use it. And it's not powerful until you use it. So when you visualize, he says, when you do the energy work, then you write it down. You know what I mean? So now 
when I sit on my yoga mat in the morning and I, I do my prayer and I do my energy work, um, I write it out. Yeah. <laughs> and, and just so like powerful. you were doing, writing it out, like you're already healed, whatever you want, you write it out. Like it's already happened. Yeah. You know I mean? okay. Yeah. Well, because we're energetic yes. beings. It's so true. And it's so, it's such a powerful practice that you have. I tell my children that your words are your world. So you say that it becomes your world. If you say, I can't, I won't, I shouldn't, I don't, then it, then it's that fine. You won't, you can't, you shouldn't, you won't. And so, you know, and this like recently I, I printed a bunch of positive affirmations and I put them in our bathrooms because I have three girls. So I want to raise, you know, I want to raise, um, awakened beings. And so, and so it's like, you know, I am healthy. I am a good friend. I am a great, you know, like I want them to affirm that because I have learned of the power of affirmations every single day, you know, and some people even call like it mirror work too, where like just looking in the mirror and saying like, I am powerful. I am, I am happy. I am healthy. I am vibrant. Even like one of my, um, one of my clients at work, her name is Mel Robbins. She wrote the book, um, the high five habit, just high fiving yourself, like being that for yourself. Yeah. 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 I have her book too. Yeah. She's amazing. So, so yeah. So I, I love, and you mentioned also energy work. I got really into that once I kind of spiraled down my health journey journey and I, I became certified in Reiki, um, which is oh, like really? the power of, you know, oh, nice. healing with your hands. And I, I learned about like the healing power that, like, like I said, we're all energetic beings mm-hmm. and just the power of like touch on your hand, on yourself, on your shoulders. Sometimes for me, it's on my stomach can really calm the, the nervous system down for me. And I have a hyperactive nervous system because of the trauma that I went through as a child. I'm still trying to unravel that. And I found that yeah. um, healing practices like Reiki affirmations, breath work are all powerful tools that can help us heal our lives. Yes. That's awesome. Well, this has been a fantastic conversation. Thank you for, you know, being energetic and sharing and going down that dark rabbit hole. And, you know, we're on the other side now. So as we wrap up, um, you've, you've talked a little bit about your book throughout the, um, throughout the, our conversation, but, um, you know, tell us about your book, Authentic Power. You, you told us how you wrote it and, you know, why you wrote it. Mm-hmm. Um, but what is it that you want the reader to walk away with um, after they close the book? Um, yeah, what, what I love that. What is the message that. that you want them to have? <laughs> yes. Um, so, so I'll say this. The book is for anyone who has is faced with any sort of adversity in their lives. You know, I, I described my trauma and like, I'm not saying you should have to ever experience a trauma like I've experienced because every single person's trauma looks very different. It could be the loss of a job, the loss of a loved one, the loss, the loss of a, the end of a marriage, the end of something, right. Um, and then of any sort of relationship of a friendship. And my book, my book is, is for anyone who's looking to provide holistic healing in their lives and, and learning that these messy and uncomfortable emotions like grief, trauma, despair, depression, get curious about them. They might be there for a reason. They might be there to actually teach us something. I am a, I'm a true believer that these emotions that we feel on a very, on a physical level 
are meant to be addressed and are meant to be processed. And we have something to learn from every single emotion that we feel. So just becoming aware of that. My, I want my book to teach people how to become aware of these messy and uncomfortable emotions and, and learn and get curious about what they could take away from that. That is where your true authentic power lies. That is where the growth happens. That is where the transformation occurs. Yes, I totally, I totally, totally agree. Right. You've got to know yourself to grow yourself. That just popped in my head, but that's. Oh my God. (laughs) Mic drop Myrna. I'm going to call you mic drop Myrna. That was amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Good timing, right? Let's do like Robinson high five. High five. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Yes. Awesome. All right, Ashley, that was, um, you know, an amazing interview. So thank you so much for coming on the Transform Your Mind to Transform Your Life radio podcast and television show. Yes. Yeah, so those of you who are listening and watching on TV, um, you can see that um, you can transform your mind in an event, you know, Ashley transformed her mind from being a sick person. She decided that she wanted to either, she chose either going to die or you're going to live. And she chose. So she transformed her mind into life. And I love what she said. Um, what it is that you need in this very moment? And that's what she concentrated on. Because sometimes it's just a little baby step. You take the first step, you know, like Martin Luther King Jr. says, you don't need to see the whole staircase. You just need to see one stair at a time. And you and you and you make the step. So so you know, thank you guys for tuning in. Um, definitely um, head over and um, pick up Ashley's book. It's called Authentic Power. Now, um, I will have an, a transcript of my interview with um, with Ashley on uh, my the show page, which is blog.myhelps.us. And there will also be um, links there to her book. Now, Ashley, what's your social media? Um, how can someone connect with you? Um, at your website and also your social media handles. Yes, thank you for asking. So my website is Ashley, A-S-H-L-E-Y, Bernardi, B-E-R-N-A-R-D-I, AshleyBernardi.com. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Booker, B-O-O-K-E-R, Bernardi. I have that from my journalism days when I was a TV booker. So Booker, Bernardi, you can find me there and would love to hear from you. Please definitely reach out. Beautiful. All right. Excellent. I will have those links as well on the show page. All right. So um, any last words, Ashley, before we wrap up? I just want to thank you so much for having me and to thank your listeners for listening and just know that um, healing happens from the inside out. And it all starts with just getting quiet and still asking yourself what you need and just know you are your expert in your life. You already have the wisdom within to heal yourself and heal your life. Yes. And I will add to that. Your body also knows how to heal you. Because whenever something happens, um, you don't, you know, your body heals. It goes into healing immediately. And once you get still and listen and connect to your higher self, connect with the energy of the universe, then yeah, your body will heal. I'm a definitely a firm believer of that. All right. So, all right, guys. So thanks again. Um, if you're listening to this on iTunes, I would love for you to subscribe, rate, and review so that we can get these amazing guests that I have every week and we can get their word out to more people. So thanks again for tuning in. 
And then until next time, blessings.